Support for the Calcio Connection podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Manscaped. I'm so happy to welcome these guys on board. Oh, and Jerry, Jerry has the lawnmower 3.0 right there. It's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming hygiene, as we've come to find out. Manscaped is taking over the world, and they're now available, guys, in all of Europe, all of Canada, as Jerry can attest to, Australia, where we have a ton of listeners, and New Zealand, where we have listeners as well. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. So join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. I've known about Manscaped for years down here in the United States of America, and this is the next great American export. Europe and Australia is about to get a lot less hairy. That's right, folks. If you live in the EU, you can now purchase Manscaped products. If you live there, you've gone years without using the right tools for the job. And I'm, I'm going to hear Jerry's story in a minute because he just got done using his Manscaped. Jerry, my testimonial, I've been telling people about this for years. Uh, there was a time in my life 10, 11 years ago, okay? This is before I had any idea that Manscaped existed. They may not have even been around at that point, all right? And I had what I refer to as an incident, okay? This is, this is before I even met my wife, okay? I'm preparing myself for what was determined to be a really hot date that evening with let's call it a, a five-star prospect like an 80 million euro value player okay and so I decided you know what it might be a good idea to trim the hedges a little bit the problem was I didn't know about manscaped I didn't know about the skin safe technology so I attempted to use the same trimmer that I use on my face on my beard on the peninsula south of the equator the result was a lot of blood, some screaming, some pain, and I learned a valuable lesson that day. That area down there, Jerry, is not the same. You can't just use the facial trimmer down there and expect to get the job done. It, it's You're taking a huge risk, man. <laughs> you kill me, man. I, I'm just happy I found out that there's something for our balls. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I, I don't know... I didn't even know Manscaped existed until maybe what three weeks ago when they reached out to us. Yeah, and I didn't know that they had an actual shaver to clean your balls. Like uh, this is the best thing since Nutella, basically. Uh, that's all I can say, man. Because without the Manscaped, it, it's hard to have a free life down there, eh? That's all it I can sure say. Sure is. And hold on, I can add. You can see you can see the banner down there. Manscaped is now the member of the family here. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent literally 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. They have just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Show the people again, Jerry. The, oh, and he's he's even got the uh, the cologne and the ointment. The no. Lawnmower 3.0 is out there. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents like the one that I had, thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Guys, when I tell you this is premium, I mean absolute premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Uh, I'm I'm hairy, but I'm not 90 minutes hairy. But it's it, it's nice to know you have Jerry might be 90 minutes hairy. It's nice to know you have that option. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And they've also upgraded 
to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. I don't know if my car has, has a motor that goes 7,000 RPM. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because the intelligently designed stand is convenient charging dock powered by USB. So if you're listening to this right now, you've heard about and seen these amazing products. If you're listening to this right now, uh, you want to experience it firsthand. You can get 20% off plus free shipping. You know, those who are watching this on YouTube can see the code below, but I'm going to say it for all the audio listeners. Get 20% off plus free shipping. When you go to manscaped.com at the checkout, they're going to ask you if you have a promo code. You do have a promo code, and it's Calcio. C-A-L-C-I-O is our show's promo code. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Calcio, C-A-L-C-I-O, at manscaped.com. And, and Jerry, sh sh show the people that uh, the cologne you're rocking there. Don't forget, now your wife, your girlfriend, your, your mistress can go down on you with a good scent. That, that's all I can say is that it no longer smells bad when you have the toner on. So you, you'll become a winner with this thing on you. That's all I can tell you. No longer does it smell like that B.O. that you guys come back from hockey or soccer. And you're like, what the hell, man? You made me go down on that thing after a, a nice freaking game or whatever? No, no. This, you need the toner on your Balionis, whatever you want to call them, whatever you, if you have a name for them. But uh, you, you need a scent. Your girl needs a scent, and, and she'll feel much better. Oh, man. Fantastic. So get 20% off and free shipping with our code CALCIO, C-A-L-C-I-O, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Welcome in to another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. We are connecting with you, Italian football fans from all over the world. Alex Dono, alongside my co-host, Jerry Mancini, going to bring in a good panel for today. And really, for the second straight episode, we are surrounding Jerry with Interisti. Jerry has become an Interista, I think. And I, I've kind of become a Laziali because I, I had a I had a little, little wager on Lazio uh, plus one or plus one half goal against Atalanta today, and they pulled through with a three to one victory. So let's introduce first uh, a first time guest on this platform. This guy does a fantastic job, and like Jerry, he's a fellow Canadian. Natale Frangioni joins the show. Uh, Natale, welcome to the Calcio Connection, making the debut. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, guys. I'm doing great, guys. Especially better now that Inter uh, got the dub yesterday. A stress-free dub, I should say. Um, I'm just really happy to be here. Thank you for having me on today, guys. Yeah, the stress-free dub was absolutely key. L let's bring on the man, the myth, the legend. This guy is, uh, I know that some of you you kids out there, you watch your, your Jake Pauls and your Logan Paul. Th those people disgust me. My number one YouTuber is Uncle Sharma. This guy's channel is taking over the world. Nobody does the better inter-previews and inter-match reviews than Zio Sharma, who's wearing the lovely zigzag kit. Uncle Sharma, how you doing, sir? Yo, 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 Manscaped FC, Lautaro Martinez Athletic, even Perisic United, we out here, man. Thank you for that lovely intro, bro. Absolutely. And a guy that uh, lately we can't even get rid of. He's been he, he's been more a part of this pod than uh, than Jerry and I have, and we love him. Mario Galliano is back with us for another round. Mario, how you doing, man? What's going on, fellas? How you liking that Ericsson performance? 
And that's why we had to have you back, okay? Because, uh, and I'm wondering, and Mario, I'll let you weigh, weigh in on this first because you have never wavered from your belief in Christian Erickson. I've been a flip-flopper, okay? And, and it's not because I've, I've ever thought Erickson is a bad player. I just think, I just for a long time, I haven't thought Erickson is necessarily a great fit in Serie A and certainly not a great fit with Conte and with Conte's formation. However, out of necessity, I think Conte may have found a role where Erickson can excel, and that's as the deep-line playmaker in the midfield. And Mario, it reminds me a little bit of, and I'm not comparing the players directly, although they may be now kind of sharing time in a similar role, but it reminds me a bit of three seasons ago when one Marcelo Brozovic was completely out of favor with Luciano Spalletti. He was on his way to Sevilla in the January transfer window, was basically about to step on the plane, and Spalletti blocked the transfer because there was no replacement. And even though Brozovic wasn't getting on so well at Inter, Spalletti said, you can't just take this guy away from my squad. We need him here. And so after that failed loan, after that failed transfer, uh, Spalletti ends up relaunching Brozovic as the regista, as the deep-line playmaker, and he's been excellent in that role ever since. Do you think that this could end up being Brozovic 2.0 and that now Christian Eriksen is going to find a similar role under Conte and we'll see the career revive here at Inter? I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, he's too good of a player to not have on the field. Uh, they they paid uh, about $20 million, you know, the same as Muriki, who, you know, Jerry wants a refund for still. Um, but I think that... He, He's going to be like a Pirlo-esque kind of player because people forget that before Pirlo became the defensive mid-regista that he is widely known for, he was an attacking midfielder who couldn't play in a Milan midfielder as a in that midfield anymore because it just wasn't going to work out. He was dropped to the, I believe, as a center midfielder and then eventually as a defensive midfielder under Antirolotti. And then... Instead of playing higher up, he was making all the plays from from deeper in the midfield. Same same style of play, just deeper, and that's exactly what Conte is trying to do with with um, bro, um what the fuck's his name Erickson uh, that Spalletti did for for, for wow. Brozovic, and and it it's you have to have this guy in the field. He's too smart. He reads the game better than anybody else on the field. It, it's evident. Like Brozovic, as good as he's been. He's been way too inconsistent, and in a position where you need to be good 100% of the time, Brozovic gives you 70 or 80% of the time. And when he's good, he's phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm slandering him. He's just inconsistent, and a bad day hurts for himself and especially for Inter at the end of the day. If if Erickson comes in in every game, he's touching the ball 150 times, completing 95% of the passes, whatever it is, 90%, and yeah. – creating uh, chances left and right on from the dead ball, from from crosses. We saw him uh, put it on a platter for Hakimi a couple times. He's he's deadly from anywhere on the field, dead ball or not. He's, he's going to make things happen. Even when he's on for five, ten minutes, you see that he has a couple moments where he puts a through ball in, where maybe it's not the best ball, but the idea is there. He splits a defender. Uh, a bad touch is taken, whatever the case is. But this guy, he's too big to fail. Uh, like before he came to Inter, I was saying he's going to end up in Barcelona. He, he, in my eyes, he fit there perfect. 
perfectly. He was uh, like an attacking, creative player, kind of free flowing, creative things. And I was like, he's 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 going to end up there. He's going to win so much. But I'm glad we have him. And uh, he can he can be such an important player for this team, man. I can't even tell you guys that I'm excited for for what Conte has in store for him. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, Erickson was instrumental in Inter's four 0 win over Benevento. You know, I know that he doesn't technically show up on the score sheet because the first goal was an own goal, but it was his his very very dangerous ball on that free kick that created that goal. And for me, and I want to bring Nat in on this because uh, he and I talk a lot behind the scenes about Erickson, and I, I saw his ears perk up when you know Mario mentioned Pirlo. I mean, for, first thing, Nat, I'll, I'll let you join in on that, but. Uh, to me, I thought for Erickson scoring that free kick goal that he did against Milan in the Derby midweek, that did a lot for his confidence, I think. And, and we know how important confidence can be for players, especially like Erickson, who's, you know, been in a funk here uh, going back to last season. Like we're talking over six months of just being in a funk and feeling like he's outside the project. So I thought scoring that massive game winning goal against Milan really put a pep in his step for the Benevento game. Well, honestly, I'm going to just reiterate what Mario has been saying. Um, it was a huge goal, not just for his confidence, just for um, just the way his life's been going. I think these last, basically this whole year for him, and I think about six months prior to that, at Tottenham, it was very, at Tottenham, sorry, it was very, he was struggling a lot at Tottenham. Um, he wasn't playing the way that we all know how Erickson could play, and that's why, he ended up going to Inter because prior to that, Real Madrid was looking at him, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, all the big clubs in the world. They were all obsessed with Christian Eriksen. And then something happened. He wasn't happy at Tottenham anymore. And he, he sort of lost his step. And then fast forward a year, basically, you know, he starts off. He had a good couple. He had a good couple of games when the restart um, occurred. You know, uh, games that come to mind are the Napoli Coppa Italia game where he had that beautiful cross that went into the net untouchable um the Sampdoria game where he had a we had a couple of nice assists now those are the games where we started to realize you know we actually you know he took he took his time to adapt to said yeah to Italy you know maybe he's learning the language now we got something on our hands and then uh it all sort of went south after that um he started to not get played a lot and, and you could tell um I think it's about 50 50 between him and Conte um you could tell Erickson He's not as aggressive, he, but he was never as uh, aggressive, even at Tottenham. Um, Borella's more aggressive, and that's what Conte wants. Conte desires that grinta in all his players. And I could see I could see that, but at the same time, Erickson's way too good, way too good to um, be left on the bench. His quality, it makes up for his lack of grinta, his lack of defensive awareness, his defensive qualities. So I think this, this role is perfect for him because – once upon a time when Conte took the job at Juventus, he wasn't as happy that Pirlo was in his squad at first. He realized because the players that Conte wants were Arturo, Arturo Vidal. Um, he had Marquisio, players that were willing to die for the badge. And then he found out, and Conte finally used his brain and found out, oh, look at this. We have Andrea Pirlo here. It's going to work out perfectly. And then at Chelsea, Cesc Fabregas. Took so took about three or four months for him to get into the lineup, and then bam, it worked out. He played as that deep line Regisa, and it's just funny how things work out. Brozovic is on those two on those yellow cards, one one yellow card away from 
being suspended. Erickson comes in. It's like a story, the way you, the way I look at it. And I just want to read some of Erickson's stats from the Benevento game here. And it's 90 minutes played, 133 touches, 100 accurate passes, 90.1 pass accuracy, seven balls recovered, two interceptions, one ground duel one, 100% dribble succeeded, nine out of 14 accurate long balls, two big chances created, and one woodwork hit. So just it was a phenomenal game. It was this coming out party. And I think uh, each game that he plays at the Regista, he's improving every game. The Fiorentina game, you saw a lot um, that he was not comfortable in it. And then, as you can see, he's, he's been look, he's been working all week on at Apiano Gentile, the training ground. ground. And Conte has been, been saying in his press conferences, we are working with Christian Eriksen to develop him. And, and clearly it's working out. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I don't think he's ready to play in the big games yet. I think he needs a couple more of those small Udinese games, those Benevento games, those um, those Bologna games, just to develop, and then maybe maybe we could see him in a in a Lazio game or a or a derby or something like that. But no, I'm I'm really I'm excited. He's going to be a very pivotal role in Inter's chance of winning the Scudetto, in my opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. And 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 this panel uh, today. Oh, I was about to bring in uh, Sharma. He may be buffering a little bit. This panel today is basically. Erickson FC uh, because I know I know Nat has believed in Erickson all along Mario I mean he's had Erickson as his Twitter bio and, and Jerry you as well I know you watched the game yesterday from start to finish Inter over Benevento and uh, and you were very taken by Erickson's performance like th- this didn't look like a guy who deserves to be outside the project right I mean a couple of months ago this is the same player that Antonio Conte decided it's a good idea to bring him on in the 92nd minute and, and bench him for entire matches a guy who's not even worth playing time um, now the situation has changed a little bit since they tried to move him you know in the January transfer window but you needed a team to take on his wages his high wages over you know, I think seven and a half million euros and no one was willing to do that so it's become a marriage of convenience right because you know that Conte, for lack of a better term, is quote-unquote stuck with Erickson at least until the end of the season, so you might as well make the best of it. What, what did you think, Jerry, of that performance? I thought he was good, and if you just give this guy some confidence and the ability just to play his game, he'll give you 110%. And was Conte managing it right? Who knows what's going on in the dressing room and closed doors. Maybe there was a uh, mutiny. Maybe the two weren't getting eye-to-eye. Like we don't know the issues that have stemmed why Christian Eriksen ha- hasn't been on the field as regularly as Inter fans would like to see, and I think that's that that has to be taken into uh, into consideration because yeah, okay, Conte is not putting him on the field, and I know you have a great player on the bench, but us as fans, we don't know the full story. We only see what media wants us to hear, makes us want to believe. And I, I, I stand behind Conte. I think that he will use him. He won't admit to his mistakes and say, I was wrong. I should have started Erickson from the beginning. No, he's going to slide him into the into the squad now. And he's going to make it look like he was never the issue. Erickson was never the issue. These two are going to gel together now. He's going to allow him to play his game. And you see how important he is in that midfield. I, I personally like him in that role where Brozovic, I agree with Muriel. He's so inconsistent this year where he, he looks good in some games, like lights out, and then he looks poor 
in some other games. And he makes like these ill-advised mistakes and these poor decisions that you normally don't see from Brozovic. And I'm just curious, and, and, and uh, I'm, I'm an advocate about this, and I say it with Lazio a lot, is he playing too many minutes, Brozovic, now to the point where it's caught up and he can't play to the level that we that mo- many know he can play at? I don't know off topic of like offhand, like how many minutes he's played in total, but let's take this into consideration. Inter hasn't had the advantage yet of not being in Champions League or Europa League. That hasn't taken into consideration yet. So in all fairness, Inter has been on the same level as the other top five, six teams who have been in Europa League or Champions League, where they had to play in midweek. They had to play short rest. And I don't think Brozovic wasn't getting a proper rotation that may have may helped his game much greatly, like in giving him the, the, the form that would have helped him. So now you got two more weeks of Coppa Italia where they're playing midweek. And I want to see, will Inter rotate their squad? Will they use Ericsson properly in order to balance that midfield and, and avoid injury? Because it's still two games coming up and, and on, on short rest. I don't care if you're playing three days on, three days off. You need to use your players efficiently and effectively. And Ericsson needs to be used in these next four games. And if he's not, then Conte, it's a big mistake by Conte, I think. Um, I, I, I'm a Cagliardini fan, but but I, I, I like him because I like his work ethic. And, and if he's used right, and I think he's more better suited as a shutdown role. When you have a 2-1, a 3-1 lead, he's the kind of guy who will win the ball for you. And, and retrieve it and just give it off to somebody. I, I agree. I, yeah. <laughs> I think his final his final product, yeah, I agree. It's not there. That's not what I don't I don't believe he's that's what Conte wants to use him as. He's not there to score goals. He's there just to win battles in the midfield, just to limit the post opposition from having any chances. And and I like a guy like Gallardini who can give you something different compared to like Ericsson or or even Brozovic or Barella, where the, you just want that hardworking player and that, and that can offer something maybe different. But I look at things differently. I, I know that you guys want the whole complete package of Gagliardini giving you goals, giving you plays, giving you this, giving you that. But at the end of the day, you, you, you utilized your players to what they can give you. And to me, if that's what Gagliardini gives you. I want to give uh, Uncle Sharma the last word here on Christian Eriksen. Um, how much of a role do you see him playing for the rest of the year? Like uh, like Dieter even asked uh, if Eriksen should start until the end of the season if he keeps playing like this. I mean, that to me, that that's just not going to happen out of rotation. But, I mean, Sharma, how big of a, a role do you think Eriksen's going to play from this point forward? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, we're all really happy for, for Eriksen, man. Like on a personal human level that, you know, he's getting some minutes, he's getting, you know, God, that goal you just saw in his celebration against Milan. And then even yesterday, you could his body language just looks different. Everyone, you know, everyone's looking for him now. His teammates in the past have pointed to the fact that, you know, it looks like sometimes the teammates are not even looking for him, even when he's available. But yesterday, most balls touched. And I think it was like the joint most balls touched by an interplayer the whole season. So everyone's looking for him now. He's becoming the go-to guy. But Brozovic is the starting player, no doubt, in that position. And I think he's gonna he's gonna be rotated, you know, against these smaller teams. But you know, you never know. As we said with Brozovic, with his possible suspension coming in, you, you never know. He could play his way into the starting eleven. But 
for me now till the end of the season he's going to be the the second fiddle to to Brozovic but that's much better position than he has been in the last uh, year or so so this is a uh, much more improved and it will help to keep his value at least it won't devalue him by rotting him on the bench at least did you have something to add that well i just wanted to just, just add on to what uncle sharma was saying there um conte the difference between brozovic and erickson is erickson's more qualitative he's more of a, a quality player and brozovic is more quantitative so Bro, brozovic will run up and down the pitch for you for 90 minutes erickson will give you dime passes for 90 minutes that that's what the difference is and i think that's what conte is looking for I think now the way if I'm Antonio Conte, I could see that, you know, if if Inter's down one nothing to a Milan or a Juventus or, or any of the big sides, you could say Brozovic, you haven't your first half was was not up to par. Eriksson, get warmed up. Um, now that's an option for him, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens though. But yeah, just I'm just going to reiterate what Uncle Sharma was saying. He just he's so much more confident. You could tell, and he he was very down in those in those um in this past year and you could tell he sort of uh he shaved his head to sort of uh make himself as Wesley Schneider there 2.0 to sort of get the fans on but uh we'll see we'll, we'll see what happens with him you one know, more thing before before we move on uh because Erickson also to go along with all all his uh finesse and, and his passing skills and all that he's outworked everyone yeah, he covers the most distance on on the team in the game, essentially since since in all his his starts, pretty much. Uh, you know, given when he doesn't play the full ninety, but he covered what thirteen kilometers yesterday, which was uh, about a kilometer more than the next person, maybe two. He was he moves, and and I, I feel like that's a very under underestimated um, trait from him because even at Tottenham, he worked he outworked everybody everyone yeah. on the field and i don't i don't want his work rate to, to to be you know pushed aside or anything because it has to be known that he moves in the regista role where usually you see the the players like pirlo where they kind of they stand around they don't do as much defensively they start working but if you look watch him play he's in and out of the the, the channels and the lanes the passing lanes left and right the ball goes left he waits he moves the ball goes right he waits he moves there was a point in the 85th minute the ball went from between the back three for about two minutes, and the guy did not stop moving. He was in and out of the, the, the passing lanes, left and right. And I'm just saying, give it to him. Give it to him. Create the attack. Start the attack. Give it to him. But it goes, Anokia, uh, Skriniar, Devrai, whoever the fuck it was. You know, they just go back and forth, back and forth. And he's just nonstop finding the open lane left and right. And I don't want, I don't want his, uh, his work rate to, to be, you know, like slandered by anybody. Yeah, it's that it's that running style, you know. Everyone, you know, when it's these creative uh, players, a lot of times, you know, he doesn't have this powerful running style, so people just think that he's not a hard worker. But if you just, yeah, if you watch him, if you just watch him throughout the whole match, you'll see that he's a hard worker. Maybe he doesn't put that green to end, but he he runs. I, yeah. I agree, hundred percent with you guys. And there's one more player I want to get into uh, interwise, and then I want to move on to Jerry's Lazio because that that was a splendid performance today against Atalanta. You know, Inter's performance against Benevento it wasn't a classic type of performance. It wasn't a brilliant performance, but it was a dominant performance, and most importantly, it was a stress-free performance. Uh, Handanovic didn't even face one shot on goal in that match, which you know he he could have. 
pitched a tent back there and, and watched uh, Netflix for, you know, about an hour and a half. It was a really stress-free day for him. Um, you know, Inter had a 1-0 lead going into halftime. Uh, I was a little bit annoyed, though, at halftime because it really should have been 2-0 or 3-0 because Lautaro Martinez continued to miss. I'm not going to say sitters. He's missed sitters this year, but he, he missed a couple of scorable scoring chances. But then, but then I give Lautaro a ton of credit because he breaks his goal drought in the second half with a very classy finish. Now, with Lautaro, guys, um, overall, um, it's this guy isn't completely lost on the pitch. He's not lazy. He's making a lot of great runs, right? And, and he's doing good things on the ball. It's just been, to me, the final product that has been lacking, and he's been struggling with his finishes lately. So to see him get a, a second-half goal uh, on, on a nice finish, I've got to ask, did Lautaro Martinez get his groove back? And could this be a sign of positive things to come. And I, I'm going to start with uh, with Uncle Sharma on this one because I know that you do a ton of breakdown on Lautaro and really everyone on, on this inter. Uh, w- what do you make of his uh, his struggles to find the back of the net lately? And do you think scoring in that second half could be a confidence builder for him? Yeah, no, I think it's it's one of those situations where everyone just seems to be piling on to him. Now, I listened to your podcast last week and you were all like, just lunging onto everyone's onto Lautaro. But when you look at the stats, he's he's improved already from, from last season because people are saying he's not improved from last season. Um then the uh, I think in the wait, let me just pull him up. Serie A 18-19, he had 13 starts, six goals. Last year, 29 starts, 14 goals, and three assists. And this year he's already got four assists and ten goals in 16 starts. So he's already, you know, well on his way to matching and beating his, uh, his tally from last year. Obviously, he was scoring more in the Champions League last year, which was probably why, you know, everyone was more impressed with him because he was scoring on those European nights. But he works so hard off the ball. It's, it's hard to ask him to be composed after he's, like, chased about 50 guys out for 60, 70 yards. Like, he, his stats show that he's the one who's won the ball the most in the in the final third. I saw that who scored stats. And yesterday, he added on to that. He had 21 and probably after yesterday's game, he was on 22, 23 recoveries in the uh, opposition, opposition third. So either you ask him not to do, to work as hard off the ball so he can be a bit more composed and have a bit more you know, time and the calmness on the ball when he's shooting, or you just kind of hope that you know he gets better with it with time. And he's only 23. You know, uh, when, we, when you look at the, the guys at the top, like Ibrahimovic, top scorer in the league, Sorry, guys. Someone keeps uh, trying to call me. Can you still hear me? It's a tax collector. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Lautaro's calling him. Lautaro's like, yeah. (laughs) Someone's defending me finally. Uh, Yeah. No, just say, look at the strikers at the top. You got like Ibrahimovic. He's not asked to do hardly any work at the top. You know, for Duvan Zapata, Muriel. You know, those two guys. They, you know, they alternate between each other. They're not asked to work as hard as, as the other guys you know Immobile is one that you know works hard and still finishes but when you when you look at it the guy just works so hard off the ball you know he, he takes so much load off Lukaku so I think it's been a bit exaggerated the uh, the uh, the criticism on him but it is deserved sometimes he definitely needs to do better there has been some bad bad sitters this season but I think it's been a little bit un, undeserved some of it well, I want to get Jerry to weigh in on this one, and uh, and and I think uh, Sharma gave an unbelievable 
summary of why I need to relax a little bit when I start to get angry about Lautaro. Jerry has been on this roller coaster with me, and, and we're in a couple of uh, of group chats together, and I'm I'm cursing out every time Lautaro misses a scoring chance. I mean, Jerry, w- what did you think of his performance yesterday, his goal, and do you think he can uh, he can get on a streak here where he's scoring goals more regularly again? Because he is he's a streaky player when it comes to his scoring, when it comes to his work rate. The guy's consistent. But when it comes to finishing, he's streaky. I think the problem is and, – and Sharma, he, he he provides a good point here that you you got a guy who works hard for the ball. He, he, he draws a lot of players towards him, and he does a lot of th- intangibles on the pitch. But at the end of the day, when you're a striker, what is your what is your number one goal? You're, you're to, to score goals. And the problem is – when he doesn't score goals, it, it, it takes away everything he does on the pitch. It doesn't matter. It's even with Immobile. If, like last year, I remember Immobile went on a, on, a, on a run where he wasn't scoring goals and fans were calling him out, and he was still helping the team in other ways, just like Lotaro is showing right now. But the problem is when, when you are the guy who has to score goals, people don't care what you did on the pitch. They don't care about your recovery balls. They don't care that you drew two people towards you because look how, how reactionary people are. It's just like Italy and 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 uh, Immobile. He does other things probably right, but because he doesn't score goals, people forget, oh, it doesn't matter. He stinks. He's this. He's that. Okay. And, and, and at the end of the day, if he's not scoring goals, Martinez – his value drops, and and it's not and it's not fair to say. I think it's very wrong to criticize because I do believe that yesterday Lautaro Martinez had a good game, worked really hard, won a lot of challenges, recovered a lot of balls. Uh, I think his his phys- his physicality on one on one challenges, I think it's pretty pretty impressive, and I think he ha- he can make a good tackle too. But before he he scores that goal, I think it was minutes before he could have. He could have scored a first one before that, and he doesn't bury it. He could have scored four. Yeah. Well, I lost count, but um, yeah. he's, I lost he's count, but, count with that performance. But that, that's the problem. How, how, he has to score those. You you are the striker. I understand you allow Romelu Lukaku to to play his game better, easier. But that's not what you're there for. You're there to score goals, and. I love the stats of how he's been able to produce on other aspects and what he can do and this and that, but he needs to score goals and people don't care what he does to bring to the table. It's just like you talk about Erickson. Erickson is doing his game and that's why he's effective compared to Lotaro. He's not doing what Erickson is doing. He he's doing the whole broader picture. So at the end of the day, he scored the goal. That's the most important thing. And I think this can start a streak for him because look at Vadat Mariki. And it's a prime example. He scored a goal. No, seriously, he scored a goal. Oh, I and agree. Look how confident, and look how confident he looks now. The guy has scored in, in three of the past four matches in all competition. Like, and he looks – he comes off the bench. Yeah, okay, it was an easy goal to score today. But regardless, he did he's what he had. To make the run. He's in the right position. He, yeah. yeah, he's doing the run. He, he – I, I just think Lotaro Martinez needs to start scoring more. Like I agree with Sharma, like what you're saying, but when you're a goal scorer, and you always say about Mariki, you always call it Mariki. Where's the goals? Where's the goals? Where's the goals? Just like Martinez, Mariki's in this. They're both in the same position. Where are the goals? So when you're a striker, you got to find the back of the net. 
easy, hard. You got to get it right. Yeah, and but I think it's just everything's just always focused on Lautaro. But when Lukaku misses chances, it seems like it's not. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah. That's true. If you're yeah. gonna talk like that part, that's absolutely true. You, you, you can't you can't play you can't be blind to say, oh Lataro is shit, uh, he didn't score, and then Lukaku doesn't score. It's like and that, and, and that's exactly how I feel about Zlatan Ibrahimovic when I hear that oh he does nine things right and one thing wrong, but the one thing wrong can be replaced because he does nine things right. It's like no fuck you, man. What the fuck is that stupid rule? That's a stupid <laughs> rule. I'm sorry. This it's is where uh the dumb this rule. This is where I miss Icardi the most. There is very uh, decisive. Oh, I was just about <laughs> to compare them. Yeah. Oh man! Well, I mean, well, aside it, from the fact that with that bum on and Angel, great he was at least a great finisher. But it's like having yeah. ten men on the field right up until exactly. the point that scores. That's, that's the problem. What else? Exactly. Is the, no, the, thing, the thing with with La, with Lautaro and Icardi was that. Lautaro, you get the hard work. You get the whole overall ninety minutes of of a good player, but you miss the effect, the effective goals that Icardi would bring, where you have nothing. You he provided zero for ninety minutes, and then he scores a goal, and and various interwebsites would give him a seven, an eight rating, when in reality he literally did nothing. I'm not going to name any names because they suck at their ratings, but you know. Um, um, it, it, it's you have these two complete opposites where Lautaro he works as hard as anybody can ask him to. Yesterday he won a ball in midfield, a slide tackle, saved the ball from going out, dribbled the ball forty yards to the top of the eighteen, and then took a shot. Mm-hmm. Like that's the kind of that sums up Lautaro in a nutshell. He'll do everything except score, but then he comes and he scores a freaking bombazo out of nowhere, and then pr- wins the ball to give Lukaku his first goal. Like. All the guy needs to do is score goals on a not even on a consistent basis. Just he has 10 goals now. In my eyes, he should have 20. You know, like it's just underwhelming. The statistics don't back up how good he should be doing. And for me, that's what really bothers me because it was the same thing for Icardi. I, I, I didn't I hated him because he could have been such a better player for Inter, but he just chose to, to do nothing. And that, that was the most frustrating thing. He scores 30 goals, but they're in 18 games. The other 18 games, half this literally half the season, he did nothing. Like it it just doesn't we can't win with our strikers. Like Lukaku, he works hard, he's a big presence. He, you know, he's important to have on the field. Yes, he misses a lot of goals, but he scores them. He's got what 14 goals now. You know, and it's on a consistent basis where he's scoring game after game after game. Sure, he's allowed to miss a couple of games, but you know, like Lautaro will score two goals this game, wait six games, score another three goals, wait another eight games, score another four goals, and then sixteen goals. But you know, it's it's in bunches. That's the problem. It's not you know, goal, 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 goal. Good performance, good performance, good performance. Bad performance, but then scores two to make up for it. It's it's too streaky, and uh, I guess the streaks work off of each other. Where he's good when. Uh, Lukaku's not as good, and Lukaku's good when Lautaro's missing. That's the way I'm looking at it, sort of. And I hate how I, I just hate how how fucking how Lautaro misses. It's just frustrating to watch. Just remember, if it wasn't for Conte, who his first decision was get Icardi out, bring Lukaku yes. in. So for a guy who gets shit on so much, 
was probably well, one well, of the best well, and, 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 made. and Inter's defense, it was more a uh, Beppe Marotta's decision. Yeah. Kick, I agree. And not... right, but he uh, he still asked for the right player to replace. Yeah, yeah you, you're right. Oh, yeah, yes, they certainly wanted Lukaku. That's the guy he yes, wanted. Yes, 100%, but it wasn't um, it wasn't all uh, – it was more Beppe Marotta they kick out because – Conte's first season, his first preseason, he actually wanted um, Nangolan to stay, but Bebe Marotta and the the hierarchy of Inter decided to kick all of them out due to the drama and the um, and the the sideshow that they caused in the locker room. But no, the uh, Lautaro and Lukaku they provide movement, which other strikers in Europe cannot provide. So it, I don't want to say it makes up for their indecisive indecisiveness in front of net. But it also each match they're always involved. It's not that they will like you see some target men in Europe that go that, that that disappear throughout the whole match. And Lautaro and and Lukaku they're always involved in the play. Yet they may not score every game, but as long as as Inter are winning and and that they are playing well and they are getting involved, then I guess as fans we can't complain. Now we love to see them score and. In the big matches against Milan and Juventus and Lazio and all those big matches, but sometimes you can't you can't you can't always ask for it all, right? They're not um, they're not Ronaldo or 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 Kaká uh, <laughs> out here, but um, no, I, it's it's been a joy to watch them the whole season, and and as long as they keep putting the effort in, keep listening to Conte and 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 just keep putting in the work, I think I think I think we uh, will be they'll they'll be a pretty successful duo. Here's a, a really tough question, a good question that Dieter asks. Uh, should Inter use their strongest lineup against Juventus? Uh, it's actually, it's for what it's worth, it's on Tuesday, not Wednesday. Uh, Coppa Italia, first leg of the semifinal. Um, there's pros and cons to that, if you ask using the, the strongest lineup. I mean, you, you like to set the tone in the first leg. It's a two-legged tie. You get the home game for the first leg, and it's always good for the confidence of your squad to – to try and beat Juventus. I mean, I, you know, I was going to say a couple weeks ago, great for confidence in beating Juventus, but they followed it up with the Udinese performance. So who the hell knows? I still think it's important to, to beat Juventus. But on the other hand, you know, we know that the competition that Inter really needs to prioritize from here on out is the Serie A more so than the Coppa Italia. So I, I don't know, guys. I, I mean, I, I'd like to see some rotation here. Like, I, I, I wouldn't even mind uh, gi- give, giving a shot to, to Erickson in that game. And a part of me is thinking, you know, maybe even consider, like, resting Lukaku for that one. But um, I, I, I'll, I'll let you weigh in first, Nat. What, what sort of squad would you like Luke, to see enter against well, Copa? Uh, Lukaku and Akimi, they're both suspended. For the first oh, leg right. of, oh, of you know what? Italia. That's a good point. You have no choice. So they're, they're going to. They have no choice. Also, the, no matter what. Here, so part here's of the, the tricky of itself. Exactly. So here, yeah. here's the, where the tricky situation comes in, and uh, I see Uncle Sharma smiling over there. Um, Brozovic is on a yellow too. He's one uh, booking away from being suspended. I think Bastoni's one booking away from being suspended. If I'm not wrong. So honestly, it's going to be a very. Um, rotated lineup i could honestly see um maybe uh gagliardini vidal and barella midfield maybe depending on how confident conte is because conte is back on the touchline for the coppa italia matches i wonder how i think i think we will see alexis start along with lautaro up front i don't I, there's no way in hell that he's giving pina Monti, uh <laughs> start for the, rest of the, nope. for the rest of the season um 
I feel bad for the guy, uh, but that's that's another topic for another day. He's not good enough. Um, but but he's but uh, I keep him? right though. Why I, I kind of feel I kind of feel bad for him because no because like, he's a good I, player. I he has quality play somewhere. He, Spend I, the I, then. What a waste of a spot. His wages, his wages are too high. Yeah, because he's Iola, so they can't yeah, move him. He's making, I'm pretty sure he's making 1.2 net a season, net million a season. So nobody's going to take his wages at the age of 21. Um, yeah. But he, the, the quality is there. The quality is there for Pinamonti. It, he showed it a bit at Genoa. He scores in the big matches. So I don't see why Conte doesn't play him maybe every couple of, of weeks, but that's a discussion for another time. Um, the wingback scenario, I could see uh, Ashley Young starting again mm-hmm. over Perisic. Perisic hasn't been himself this year uh, due to the fact that he's playing in a position he's never played before. So it it makes up 100%. Um, I think we see Darmian starting. I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Kolodov start as well in place for Bastoni due to the fact that Bastoni is on a yellow. Obviously, I'd love to see, I think we'd all love to see Bastoni starting instead of Kolorov because Kolorov is a very big liability defensively. And he doesn't really offer much. Um, so we, we could see a lineup of that. Obviously, Handanovic is starting because Conte, once again, doesn't even give a chance that Radu to start. I, I, think, so, I think he forgot that Radu is even on the team. Like Because if, if, if he didn't get a chance in the, uh, the Fiorentina game, in the rest of the game like, he's never going to get a chance. He's not playing. So I, I think Conte is going to stick, obviously, to his bread and butter. It's 3-5-2. He's going to sit back. He's going to drop back. He's going to play on the counter. And hopefully, um, Pirlo does the same inexperienced tactics as the high press, the high line, fall right into Conte's traps, Inter plays on the counterattack, and hopefully we get an Inter win or a, or a favorable draw. Uh, I could see that happening, but I don't see anything crazy going on in this match from Conte's side at all. I think it's going to be a basic back-and-forth game like we saw in the first one. A lot of counterattack and a lot of setting back, a lot of defending, a lot of hold-up play from the strikers as we usually do. No, nothing crazy from Inter, and we'll see what happens. So what do you think, Mario? I mean, knowing that um, Lukaku and Hakimi are not even options with the yellow card suspension against Juventus, how strong of a lineup will Conte put out there? This is – it's one leg this game, right? Two. Uh, two. two leg. And also, uh, Brozovic is on a yellow, too. Mm-hmm. So on, uh, I, I don't match away. I don't think he would bench them because he'd rather keep them for the final, if if that would make sense. Thank so you. Thank if, you. If they get the yellow in the first leg and you win the game, you're set up for um you're set up in a good spot for the second leg. You miss Brozovic, Hakimi, Lukaku, whoever gets the yellow, and then you have them for the final. Good so point. it would make sense to start them in the first game rather than the second game to lose them for the final, in in my opinion, obviously. Um but I don't think uh Kolarov was that bad in the second half against Milan. Uh he was actually decent. Uh he didn't he kept it simple. He was I had no qualms. It was just the first half where he got beat by, by Zlatan, where um, it led to the goal, obviously, which was concerning. But uh, he he fits into that Conte system as a center back, attacking wise. Defensively, he's atrocious as a center back. It's you know I, we can't we can't fault that. But he does what Bastoni does on a lower level uh, because he's able to hit those long range passes switch the point of attack and um, come at it for, with the with the more attacking presence than, than say, Skriniar, Wood or, or De Vrij or Anokia, all those 
so I don't I, I don't hate the idea of Kolarov in theory, but and he has been somewhat effective a couple times in that role, but um you know, it, it's just it just comes down to the defensive line, defensive side, and he's gonna he's gonna let up a goal. He always has, he always will. So mm-hmm. um, I, I I don't uh, I don't know about that honestly, but uh, I think that Conte will try to put out the the strongest lineup possible, uh, including including Kolarov to to rest Bastoni probably or whatever he wants to do, Skriniar or whoever. Um, I don't know. I I, I feel like like. It's it, that game's gonna go either way. It, it's been um, it's been back and forth with Juve, um, obviously, and and Pirlo has he's not really done a great job with them. So I, I could see a steal in the first game, missing the second game with with a couple players, but still moving on to the finals. What, what do you think, Sharma? What kind of a lineup you want to see against Juve? Yeah, I think as you said, there's gonna have to be some rotations and. At this point of the season, the schedule is so packed. You know, we've got Fiorentina straight afterwards. Then we've got the second leg, and then Lazio. It's just a crazy February coming up. So you have to you have to rotate, and then then the the derby. On the yeah, and the derby. So it's you're into you know if you've got a squad big enough, you have to you have to have trust in these players that you have in the squad. You can't always keep playing the same guys. So yeah, as as Mario said and Mo commented, Kolarov wasn't that bad. Um, he's become like you know obviously the the scapegoat of this season, Kolarov a little bit, but you know, in the second half, he was pretty decent against Milan. But yeah, you have to give him trust. You know, if you, you can't keep playing Bastoni every single minute because that gets even riskier. Because then you risk what happened to Bastoni against Sampdoria. He got skinned by Damsgaard. You know, he was he was tired. He was playing every single game. So you have to give these guys a, a rest uh, every once in now. So yeah, hopefully, get to see Sainsi get more minutes. Hopefully, please. Um, yeah, he's got the he's got the Mohawk coming I'd, in now. Vidal. Yeah, the Vidal, the Vidal Mohawk. Yeah, I, t- I, I totally forgot you know he's on the bench. I, I think Sensi thinks if he looks more like Vidal, Conte's gonna play him, right? He, he <laughs> well he has the um he has the tattoos to go with it. So yeah, um, yeah, as long as he doesn't go the Nangolan way, the other Mohawk. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Does does Ranocchia start again after his uh, no, no, zero no. performance? No, 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 no chance. Devry, Devry will be back in. The, the shame is the shame is that D'Ambrosio is not available because Scrinia hasn't got uh, able to be rested because D'Ambrosio would have been able to slide into that right centre back position. So Scrinia just has to play at the moment, poor guy. But yeah, so Darmian, Ashley Young coming in. And uh, Brozovic starting, and then uh, I guess it'll be Vidal and Barella out there, and Sanchez and um, Lautaro up front. So, Jerry, I want to give you the last word on this if you have any thoughts on how Inter should approach Juve and Coppa Italia. And then, sir, and then it's going to be time to break down that Lazio masterclass. So, any thoughts to wrap it up on Inter before we move on? Got this Parma game in the background. Sorry, guys. Score now. Me too. <laughs> but Napoli, man. Parma's just, just dictating this whole game, eh? It gets really bad for Napoli. I, I don't care what the result is right now. Mm-hmm. It's The score is very deceiving. Uh, I'm going off topic here. I'm sorry, man. No, I, no, it's fine. Yeah, because, no, I mean, sorry, there, there's, there's some people watching this live anyway. And so, yeah, so Nap- Napoli and Elmas. Oh, I couldn't afford a 1-0. Mo, you already, see? <laughs> but uh, I, I think that... I, I actually I, I've been listening to all you guys. Don't think I wasn't, but um, a lot of good points. Just take this into consideration. 
you guys have to play Fiorentina on Friday with two days rest. So yeah, right. that, that, that's the biggest thing. And Mario, I mean, um, not actually hit it perfectly. Like there's a lot of players who are going to be missing from this lineup. Now I, I've been ridiculed on Twitter saying that Inter has depth. They you're wrong. They have players they can call off the bench. Okay. That's, Prove me wrong because now that was the time to see that depth be used and step in this week. You got a game against Fiorentina where they have no Castrovilli and no Nikola Malinkovic. So that is a big loss for Fiorentina. This is a side who is struggling at the moment for form. They they look like a lost team who doesn't have confidence. Um, I know that they were playing good down one man and two men against Torino. But still, this is an inter side who has much more better quality than Fiorentina in all aspects. Um, if if I'm inter, maybe you do go all out, like Mario said. And, and I agree with Mario's approach where if there's the game you're gonna go all out, it's the one the first game where you, you do risk the yellow card and you don't want them to be missing the finals. Why would you want Hikimi missing the finals, for example? That, that's a guy who you really want to to be there and be able to make a difference. Um, just an example, but I think on Friday you maybe start Brozovic in the lineup. I don't know. I know Brozovic, you said, is on a yellow. Maybe you start Erickson against uh, Fiorentina on Friday since he came off a good game on Saturday. You maybe rest him for the week. You bring in Brozovic because he didn't play Saturday. He's well-rested. He can go into uh, Tuesday. I do agree with Bastoni. I wouldn't I would really manage Bastoni because he looked a little not he looked a little injured during the game a few times where he got a few nicks and and I felt that he was kind of limping or just maybe it's fatigue. I don't know what it is. I, I would really manage him properly and Nicola Barella as well. That's another guy who I wouldn't start uh, Tuesday. Uh, and if he's not on a yellow card, don't don't risk him, man. Honestly, He's been playing so much. That is one player who needs a game off. And I think Tuesday is the perfect time to give it a – especially Barella. If you want to give one player for sure a day off, it's him and probably Bastone because they have been the most dependent players on this team and just overused. And I've seen it with Lazio where you overuse Chiro Immobile, you overuse Luis Alberto, and, and guess what happens? They go missing for, what, 10 games? The, the goal is the Scudetto, but we know how Conte is. The goal is everything. Yep. To him, it's not. there's no one priority. So he's going to go all in on this game on Tuesday. So his goal is to win something. And he has a good chance with Coppa Italia. Now the question is, what does Juventus do? Do they go all in as well or do they not go all in? Because they have a game as well this weekend against Roma on Saturday. And that's a big game. So they're in a. I think if anything, Juventus is in a bigger, tough decision here than Inter because they come off against Fiorentina, whereas Juventus come off against Roma. So it's 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 a tough decision for both sides. Well, but if I'm Inter. You play it safe, man, and, and maybe you do gold and and you look at Fiorentina. And you say, hey, we we bought A B C D. This is when we need those guys to step up against a lower tier kind of team. I don't know. Well, I think I think Juventus is going to be fine depth-wise. They have um, Demireal and Delict on the bench there. I think they they will make a um, a return to the starting lineup in Coppa Italia. I think as well as uh, I think Ronaldo will play, Morata will play. 
uh, the wing backs. I think Cuadrado will play. I think Ramsey and Rabiot will play for Juventus. So it'll be it'll be it'll be very interesting to see what both coaches do tactically and um, and resource wise. And we'll see. It'll be a, it'll be a good match. Those matches are never boring. Snooze fest. It's, you're right, but here's a question now: If you're Juventus, do you really want to risk that because? You got another game after the week after in Copa Italia. And then you got Champions League versus Porto. So mm. you really want to be careful how you use Ronaldo and all these guys. Yeah, I think and, you and should. for the long term too, right? So I think Inter's in a better situation than Juve is personally. And like I, I say this, I, I, and, and I, I don't like losing, but in Lazio's situation, maybe not being in Copa Italia was the best decision for them. I think deep down inside, the way Inzaghi was talking was, okay, yeah, we're out, but... In his mind, he's like, I have a lot of injuries here, and I got two weeks to now prepare, rest my players during the week, and not have to overexert them. Whereas Juventus now is in that situation, along with Atalanta and Napoli, how do they manage with so many games coming up for them? Whereas Inter is not in a bad situation because they don't have Europa League to worry about or Champions League. So I think the decision making is a little easier for Inter than it is for Juventus, but. You're right, though. Knowing Juventus and knowing these teams, how stupid they are, they go all in with their best players. and They, they forget that I wanted ABC in the summer. I signed Erickson. Erickson's the guy I wanted, and I wanted that guy. But then you're like, well, why aren't you using them? Like, you, you wanted players from the transfer market. You got players. Inzaghi's the same way. Don't worry. I, I know 100%. I, and, and I say Lazio because I don't want to be biased and think that oh, it only happens to Inter. No, it's not just Conte. Conte is just because people like to pick on Conte. That's the problem. But Pirlo is the same El way. Mignoni net. That's why they like to pick on Conte. Dorici Mignoni. How much is he making? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's the problem. But, second, um, second highest paid coach in the world. Yeah. It, it, was it Conte's freaking issue? That it, Was it his fault that he wanted? He got 13 million, 14 million, whatever the heck well, he got, man. That's not his. Well, I think. I think I think I think in the negotiations he strived to get twelve million. I don't think he um, for him. he wants the the six or five million. But um, <laughs> well, if if, if if you're if you're, making, if you're whatever they wanted, yeah, that's true. Exactly. But if you're my money, the, the, the way I look at it, if you're Antonio Conte and you're getting paid twelve million net a year and you can't make it out of a Champions League group stage with Gladbach and Shakhtar. I don't think you deserve the twelve million. <laughs> but that, no, that's not fair though. That's not fair because that's not. Yeah, okay, you want the results, but just because you're getting twelve million doesn't mean that it, it's going to provide better results. You know what I mean? You're still if you pay him two million or you're paying twelve million, you're paying five million. You're still going to get the same manager who's going to do the same decisions, the same thing over and over. So at the end of the day, I think the the, the dollar sign, people overlook that and say, hey, oh, he makes $12 million. He should have done this, 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 and that. Well, he, guess what? He puts the lineup out. Yeah, you can, crit- you can ridicule his substitutions. You can maybe ridicule what player he puts on the pitch. But when those 11 guys are on the pitch and they're not doing their fucking job, they're the guys who got to be blamed. That's it, man. They're the guys who have to produce. They're the guys who are getting paid to play. And if they're not even, even if, even if they lost, okay, even if they lost, they still have to give that effort, that that whole grinta, you, that whole picture you want. That, that's all I'm saying, man. The only mis- decision I think that Conte has done wrong is the handling of Erickson. 
that's the only thing I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that he's done poor. But other than that, I think he's done a fabulous job with Inter. He's given them an identity, a project, a, a clear vision to try to win something. Like before Conte came, what were, what were they? Yeah, okay, you had Gasparini, but other than that, not Gasparini, you had Spalletti. Spalletti, but other than Spalletti, this is a team that lacked an identity for a decade. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, oh, for sure. Like even if you if you fire Conte because he's because he's being paid twelve million dollars and you hire someone else. You're paying seventeen million, and you're still paying Spalletti. That's another problem. You're still yeah, paying Spalletti. True. You're still paying Conte. And you're still paying the new guy another three, four million, whatever the yeah. case is. So you're paying more in the end with Conte's project than 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 you already are. You know, it, it doesn't make Thank any sense. Sharma. Well, in um Sharma. in in the in the anti Antonio Conte cult here, in my defense, um. I think that when you get paid twelve million as a coach, you have to be you have to be able to tactically adapt to your team, and also tactically adapt to s- certain situations. In the Shakhtar game, for example, when they park the bus, or the Udinese game, when you play against these teams that park the bus, he doesn't tactically he doesn't adapt to the game. He doesn't read the game well. That's always been one of his biggest faults. For example, at Chelsea, in his second season, he wasn't. The fans ended up not liking him because he did not adapt to certain um, situations of games. And he, he's obsessed with his three, five, two, which makes sense is his variations are three at the back because he's Fuck one of his variations. Fuck. He, what happened? Well, hold on. I, I, I know you guys are, uh, I know you guys are watching. I thought it was on mute. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, oh, but I, I heard you react, but hold on. I want to, I want to shift gears. Uh, and, Cause I, I want to give, jerry a chance to flex a little bit guys and i gotta tell you when i'm when i was looking through the uh the Serie A betting lines last night i'm really glad i decided to jump on lazio plus half a goal at plus uh 104 which meant uh, i would have won the bet even if they had just drawn the game uh, they didn't even need to win and what I ended up seeing was a really impressive performance. Uh, three to one Lazio over Atalanta. Now I know for Atalanta, people say, "Hey, Gosens and Hattabor were both out. That was a big loss, and it is a loss." Uh, but Lazio still, I thought, had a tremendous performance. I mean, Jerry it was really important to get a, a very early opening goal. Marusic only needed three minutes to get Lazio on the board. Uh, Correa scored a nice one. Your guy Muichi can't stop scoring all of a sudden. And, you know, Lazio did a, a fantastic job absorbing some pressure, you know, packing the box when they were on defense, limiting Atalanta scoring chances, and then on the break, very lethal and very decisive. And I know, Jerry, that if I would have asked you before last week, if you had to just win one game or the other against Atalanta, the Coppa Italia game or the Serie A game, I think Lazio chose the right game to win the Serie A matchup after falling three to two midweek to Atalanta. So, how you feeling today about your team's performance? Much better, and and, and I didn't even know that Hattabor and um, I think Hattabor and Froler Go- and Gosens were out. I didn't even notice that, guys. I didn't know. I I didn't check their lineup. I don't know why they were out. I just know that um, Romero was out because he had COVID, and I, what a mo- most improved player probably. In City of after last year, where he had the most yellow cards, and this year he's really like trimmed that down. And he was really missing in that back line for Atalanta. But you know what? 
Lazio could have won midweek, should have won. They, they just didn't have that performance. I don't know where it was was lacking, but today they just they woke up and I guess maybe they just prioritized Serie A instead of Coppa Italia. But th- this was the most pivotal win. Now they're in fifth place, but they'll most likely go up to six because Napoli is about to probably win right now. But you know what? This is a team that was lacking form. People had them counted out not to finish in the top four spot be- right right before um, when they lost at, uh, at the San Siro versus uh, Milan. And now all of a sudden you got them on a seven-game unbeaten streak, uh, playing in great form. And Nzagi deserves a lot of credit because he's been able to get the most out of his side. And the one thing that I, I get very frustrated with is that Lazio lacks depth. And I don't think they lack depth personally. We just haven't seen the depth play enough. And this is another team where Andreas Pereira played around 500 minutes prior to this game in all competition. Uh, Vidat Marici, I, I, I'm one to be accountable for. I didn't like his performance against Milan. But again, he's starting to show his form, what he can provide to this team. He had two injuries. He had COVID-19. Uh, he arrived late for the transfer market. Not enough time to adapt to his new team. I think those are a lot of factors people kind of forget. And for any player, when you arrive to a team, you need time to adapt to new tactics, understanding a new league. And my guy, Marisic, this is a guy who never played on the right side. Sorry, on the left side, my apologies. Never a left wing back. And now he's created himself into an inverted wing back and is probably the future of Lazio's left wing back position where Sena Lulic is on the decline and he's aging. He's 36. So for so many years, we've been looking to buy a player and we've bought so many players. And the guy who could have played this position was hiding in the, in the roster the whole time. And good for him. He scores a, a beautiful goal just from outside the box. Um, he continues to produce. And I think the biggest thing that has helped him this year is not being injured. He's been able to stay healthy in the last few years. Injuries have really slowed down Mirosic. Uh, when he came over, I believe from, I think it was the Belgium league. I'm not sure, to be honest. I don't remember, but he had a lot of potential. And it's good to see that that they're they're doing what they have to. Yes, I agree. It's because it, it, a lot of it has to do with Inzaghi. And a lot of people probably disagree with me. But today with the tactics, he, he did a, a three-man uh, substitution. He took out Immobile, he took out Correa, and he took out uh, Lucas Leva, brought in Escalante, Pereira, and Marici. And I thought the, the one player who made a big difference was Andres Pereira. Uh, his speed really made a big difference. He was attacking the final third, creating chances. I think he came close to setting up a second or third goal as well when he came on. And that goal doesn't – Marici doesn't score if it's not for the individual play of Pereira and how he attacks that 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 space and forces Gosens. He, he sees uh, Golini, sorry, make the, the attempt for the ball, and he sees that he has a chance to win it, and he attempts, and he makes it right, and he chips the ball over him. And good good run by Marici just to read the play. So this is a team that's just believing in themselves and, and just fighting for each other. And they play, what, Inter in two weeks? And yep. I think that they're playing Inter at the right time. Um, with the momentum they're playing, the the confidence they're showing, and they get Inter on on a on a fourth game back to back to back in two weeks. So I want to see how they 
approach that game because they'll be playing midweek this week. Next weekend they play midweek again, and then they play Lazio on on, on the back of a four four games in in, uh, in two weeks. So that's going to be interesting to see how they respond. Where Lazio should really take advantage of a team that's going to be playing midweek in Coppa Italia, and I'm hoping that second leg goes into extra time. Uh, any Lazio fan should be rooting for 120 minutes for Inter versus Juventus in the second leg. That's this this is me, but you know what? And then Sharma loves this guy, Acherbi. Cherby was a, a rock in the back end. What a and player. What, what a defensive performance. He really shut down Zapata. Like, he 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 did get beat sometimes, but overall, he he really limited his space, his, his ability to, like, get into the box, create chances. And, and I thought this was a great defensive performance from Lazio where they didn't play to Atalanta's strengths on the counterattack, and they didn't give him any space in the box to, to create any chances to find that 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 lane. I think Muriel had like an an odd opportunity where he was able to get in between the defense, but other than that, Atalanta didn't really attack Lazio, and Peperena really didn't have to make any key saves throughout the whole match. So an overall great performance, and Inzaghi gets criticized sometimes for his uh, tactics, but today he deserves credit. And Jerry, answer uh, Mo's question there. What do you think of the percentage for Lazio getting top four? And I want to say uh, and answer that in a second, Jerry. And then I want to go around the table. Um, you know, I know there's still a lot of games left to be played. You know, most teams are, are 20 rounds in, but I'm loving the Serie A this year when you have a legit Scudetto race between at least three teams. I mean, Milan, Inter, and Juventus definitely in it. Um, and you have the difference between. Fourth place and seventh place is one point as Napoli are, are about well, actually, yeah, yeah, one point between fourth and seventh with Napoli about to pick up three points here. So this is, I mean, more than halfway through the year, one of the most competitive Serie A's I've witnessed in a long time. So, Jerry, how do you feel about Lazio's percentage chance of getting top four? Oh, greatly. I would say at least 60, 70 percent. And and I, I say this. the when we look back at why Lazio is able to compete in the next period of three months, it's because Inzaghi rotated his squad against uh, Parma and against uh, Atalanta midweek in the Coppa Italia. He didn't reserve. He didn't go to Immobile starting. He didn't go to Correa starting. He left all his key starters off the bench, and he understood finally that. Don't overuse your 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 key players because you still have Champions League around the corner and you still have the league to go with. And you were starting to see squad rotation. That's the most important thing. And in the last two weeks, he managed Chiro Immobile, who is not 100% fit. He managed Joaquin Correa, didn't overuse him right away. Um, Luis Alberto today, he only used him for 60 minutes because he's not 100%. Well, what a piece of skill. There was that one, what was it, early in the second half when he had uh, just one of the filthiest pieces of skill I've seen in a long time. What beautiful goal he scored. Unbelievable. But how about the pass from Immobile, too? And, and Immobile made another pass in the first half to Sergei Malinkovic-Savic where he got the header and hit the post. And I always think that Immobile has two gifts. He, he can. He's a really good passer. And I think that... A lot of his chances are in the final third in the box where he has this chip pass he can make. And it's like normally spot on. And you know what? He didn't score today, but but like Sharma said, Immobile was effective in other areas, even though he didn't score today. He he worked really hard creating chances. But I, I give 
I give Lazio at least a 70% chance. I, I don't see why they don't have the depth. I, we're starting to see Pereira step up. And, and I think the signing of uh, Musacchio was a good signing. Yeah, his time with Milan probably was a mix of results. But you're also getting a guy who's coming off an injury, needs time, maybe a, a new a new place to get, gain his confidence back, um, new scenery. Milan new was team. in shambles at the time. Sorry? Milan was in shambles at the time. That's There you go. See? Like... I, I, I didn't think he was bad today. Yeah, he took the yellow with the elbow, fine. But I think he play, He provides something. He's a step above Patrick. And he he gives you like depth and some reassurance in that back line, which is great for Lazio fans. And I think the best part of how this deal went down was how quick it was. That Lazio didn't hesitate right away to get a center back. They were pretty quick. They had their options. They went after Misakio. And that's it. And I think Masaku did the right thing to, to terminate his contract early. Just sign a new contract with Lazio, go to a new place. I guess I also think that having a guy like Pepe Arena, where he was able to play with him with Milan, kind of was, was a reassurance, having someone who, who knows him and probably spoke to him and, and gave him some uh, confidence in joining. But you know what? I, I like this signing. It's very little risk, high reward. He's on a six-month lo- uh, loan with no obligation to buy. It's just uh, an option. So if he does well, I don't see why they wouldn't pick it up. Maybe he was now also get... very. He was also a very good center back in Villarreal before uh, before he went to Milan. On top of that, and the whole world literally wanted him, and he chose Milan. Milan, they ruin everybody. <laughs> I wanted to get uh, I wanted to get uh, Sharma in on this next because you know I, I did uh, point out that obviously huge huge win for Lazio today it's a statement victory over Atalanta uh, but it is an incredibly tight race for the final couple of Champions League spots with one point separating fourth place from seventh place right now and uh, and Mo picked up on something uh, Sharma the expression you made. When Jerry said seventy percent Lazio Champions League, what do you think about that? How, how do you feel about those uh, that final Champions League spot? So it's so tight, man. It's crazy. This is this the best the Serie A season I've watched in my short, you know, Serie A life uh, watching Serie A. So it's so hard to call. You know, AC Milan definitely now they're they're going to make it to the top four if they continue like this. So three spots are definitely taken, as you said. So. I still think Atalanta will make it. I think I still feel like they're quite a streaky team and uh, they finish the season strongly, usually like they did last year. So I feel like at some point they'll get, you know, everyone playing together because they have so many new players as well. They always sign new players. They signed an- another Ukrainian guy yesterday. I saw Kovalenko from Shakhtar, if I'm not mistaken. So I think... I don't know the way Atalanta played. The amount of goals they'll they'll score. I think they'll they'll sneak through. And I, and I put Napoli ahead of uh, Lazio as well to make it to the top four. I think Roma will, will slip off. You know, they've got too many uncertainties and issues off the field. I don't know if uh, they'll be able to keep up the pace. So, you know, Napoli, once Osiman comes back, I think they'll they'll start to, you know, solidify once again. So I think it's between Atalanta and Napoli for that final spot for me. Yeah, I like that. Um, and and you know, I think uh, and, and and no disrespect to Jerry because I I am rooting for Lazio to get the fourth spot. Um, I, uh, I I I despise them much less than most of the other teams that are in play for that. Um, I, I kind of feel like uh, it, in some order for me, uh, it's going to be Juventus, Inter, and Milan in the top three spots, no question. 
Um, and yeah, I, I probably also lean to Atalanta uh, holding on for fourth place and then maybe Lazio and Napoli right nipping at their heels. And yeah, I think Roma is probably going to fall out of the top six before this is all said and done. Uh, let me get Mario in on this one. Uh, you know, Mario, is we've mentioned, tightest race in, in Serie A for top four and even top six that we've seen in a really, really long time. We have a Scudetto race between three teams through 20 rounds that never, hardly ever happened in this league. We have a tight race for Champions League spots. How could you see it playing out and, and how much of a chance do you give lot? Now, if I'm going to put a percentage on it, you know, Jerry went 70 percent. I probably go more like 35 percent for Lazio. Uh, how, how do you see it, Mario? Yeah, I'm, I'm down there like 30 percent. Uh because there's just too many good, there's too many quality teams in Serie A right now. Like it's been what? Last year was the first year that we actually saw real competition for first place. Aside from the the Napoli with Higuain, really, uh, when when they lost by a point, also. But other than that, it's just been Juve's show. Um, it's going to be Juve, Milan, Inter, top three, without a doubt, in my mind. The fourth spot, I think, goes to Napoli. I feel like they they struggled out of the gates and they were screwed by that Juve result, which I think they're going to pick up um, a point at least when they play to make up that game. Uh, so I think I think Napoli falls into that fourth spot. They've been tremendous defensively. Offensively, they're finally starting to get going, even with that bump at Tanya playing. Uh, once Oshiman comes back, I don't know if he's going to make them that much better. Uh, I'm I'm really not sold on the guy because we really haven't seen much of him, and I don't see him as a as a goal scorer that they need. Um, He's better than Petania. Come on, what? Better than Petania? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone's better than Petania. Uh, we can put Jerry up there to do a better job. <laughs> than you know, so, I don't know. I don't know who loves Nutella more, Petania or Jerry. Oh man! <laughs> so, like, yeah, I, I think Napoli takes that fourth spot. I'm, I'm very high on them. I think Gattuso, he's not warranting this this hate that he has around them. People forget there's still a, a game in hand, and they're what uh, one point at a fourth place. Um, actually, no, they don't have that game in hand anymore. I'm sorry, they're 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 in 20, 20 matches, um, but. But regardless, I, I I still think they're gonna get that fourth spot. I Napoli think they've still been... has, Napoli still has that game in hand. They gotta play Juventus. Yeah, now. they do. They yeah, still yeah, Juventus yet. But in, if you look at the table right now, they're even on twenty points. Uh, Roma is has the game in hand at the moment. Uh, but regardless, they do have that game in hand. Um, so I don't know. I, I I'm watching this game now, and sure, they're they're beating up on a Parma. They looked kind of kind of shaky for like about. 25 30 minutes but i still think that defensively they're they're not going to let up a tremendous amount of goals which is really really beneficial in this league um if you and also i want to bring up the the relegation battle five points from the bottom to 15th place so you know that's something to also keep an eye on well, uh, Padma was dealt a blow today. I mean, uh, getting a point against Napoli would have been huge because they're in that drop zone right now. Crotone in last, uh, Cagliari uh, 18th with 15 points. You have to watch out for Torino as well on 15 points. You know, Spezia has been kind of the hipster team, but they're not out of danger as well with their 18 points. So you're right, man. This is not only a great race, Scudetto, 
Champions League, Europa League, but relegation as well. I, I want to give uh, Nat uh, the final word on this, my friend. Uh, what do you think about fourth place? As we can kind of agree that it's looking like in some order, Juventus, Inter, and Milan top three. What do you think about fourth place? Fourth place, that's actually a very good question. I would have to give it to Atalanta just for their their the the way they play the way they play football they're the only basically side in Italy that plays for the most part attacking football the whole match no matter if they're down five nothing or if they're up six nothing they keep pressing so I think I think the way they play tactically the way they play football is incredible so I think that gives them the upper advantage Lazio they have Bayern Munich coming up right in the in the UCL draw if if mm-hmm. And that's that's going to be a tough one. So I think Inzaghi is going to have to make a choice there on if he wants to uh, put his guns in against Bayern Munich or sort of focus on Serie A there. That that would be a a, a, a fascinating situation to look at. I, I think Lazio will get fifth. I think Napoli will get sixth. Right now, Napoli's in a bit of a rough, rough patch. There's been some rumors about Gattuso getting sacked, um, which Di Laurenti said not but you know you never know you never know in italy with the media and everything and uh, roma are having a worse roma are starting to turn into the new inter pazza yeah. pazza roma this has been it just <laughs> right right now what's been going on in january for roma has been just mind-blowing with uh, fonseca and jacko and and the the new ownership and just for, uh, the, the players not backing fonseca and F- fonseca having Many arguments with uh, Pedro and Mkhitaryan and Jeko and all the situations. So it's, it's very, it's very crazy to see how the Serie A season is turning out. It's been a very competitive season. Uh, that whole top seven, um, you see little subplots going on, battles for um, UCL, battles for Europa League, uh, relegation battle. I think, um, I think Parma, even though they got dealt a blow today, they signed. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Joshua Zerki from uh, Bayern Munich there. Xerxes from from Bayern Munich, who's a who's a huge talent. So hopefully he provides some light there um, and a hope for for Parma. But besides that, I think I think I'd give Lazio 25, 30 percent to qualify for a top four. This is a question that, that Mo asked, um, you know, and I, he left Jerry out of this, I'm sure, because, you know, Jerry, of course, uh, wants Lazio. Uh, who do we think is better for Serie A to get that final top four spot? Um, honestly, I, I, I don't, I don't have a huge clear favorite here. Like I'm sure that the luck is we, we've had this conversation in years past, like, you know, which club do you think would be in the best position to, you know, actually invest in players if they made top four and kind of, you know, showcase themselves well to the world. Um, I mean, I guess if you go by that argument, you know, may, maybe Napoli because they're still in, in good financial shape despite the pandemic because uh, De Laurentiis is uh, he's a he's a gangster when it comes to uh, when it comes to, you know, investing properly and not blowing money. So I guess by that metric, maybe Napoli. But I don't think it's a huge difference because I think even even Lotito has been opening up the pockets a little bit. And I think for for Lazio, if they can get into Champions League for a second straight year. Uh, then I think that's only going to increase despite the tight pockets that Lotito has. I mean, you think about, um, you know, I know that like a team like uh, like Roma is a pretty big global brand. Yeah, I was, I I was going to say the brand yeah. of Roma. Yeah, I just I, I it's hard for me to see them actually pulling off, pulling it off and making it. And then, you know, Atalanta have uh, have obviously become 
um, the Oakland A's, they become the money ball team in Serie A that they do they do the most with the least. But I don't have a huge preference here because I think the most important thing, honestly, I think for the league is that both teams in Milano are good at the same time. I think that's the big thing that Serie A has been missing, right? Because for so many years over the last decade plus, when one Milano team has been up, the other's been way down in a banter era and kind of flip-flopping back and forth. I, I think that's the most important thing. Uh, but do you guys have any any quick parting thoughts on that? Sharma, is there a certain club that if, if they get fourth place that it would benefit the league the most? No, I don't really have any preference. Last year, I thought when Lazio make it, because last time Lazio got to the uh, qualifier stage, they got kicked out by Leverkusen in the qualifier stage or like in the pre you know, qualifiers when when it, when Italy was still, you know, struggling for to get that fourth spot. I think it was the third spot plus, you know, you have to qualify. But you now Lazio did so well this year in the Champions League. So I don't have any any preference. It's good. It's good to spread it around. That, spread that Champions League money around. I would love to see. Oh, oh Nat, no, Nat, Nat, go ahead. You can go first. Go ahead. Uh, I'd love to see Roma and Napoli because of the brand. Obviously, we're talking about before. And they can attract big players just because of the name and, and the and the history that these two teams have in Europe. So obviously it'd be Roma or Napoli, but I also love the everyone everyone in Europe loves the story of Atalanta, Moneyball FC, for example. Um, and the way they play, it's very attracting football. And the more attracting football you play, the more neutrals you'll attract to the club. So I think Napoli, uh, I mean Atalanta, sorry. They, they have it mapped out perfectly, the way they sell their academy and everything, and, and they're just going to keep raking in the cash. So it, I, it's either, it's between those three. I'm not really sold on Lazio yet. Sorry, Jerry. No, uh, no worries, man. Fuck, uh, fuck Gasparini. That guy's a piece of shit, man. He, he, he said some comments today about uh, Lazio. I tweeted it out, man. That guy's really? Like, what did he say? I didn't see that. Oh, he said some stupid shit. Stupid really? shit. Hold on. I'll pull yeah. it up right now. Hold on, give me two seconds. Oh, they oh. usually, they usually, because they asked him about how everything was a bit, you know, nervous at the end. There was a few scuffles after the final whistle, and he said, um, "Yeah, they usually lose against us, and they usually finish below us in the table, so it's understandable." Wow, it's a, it's a shit, man. You lose a game, you won midweek. I respect the shit talk. Though. Who, Gasparini? I respect that shit talk. No, fuck that, man. You're a loser, man. Go on. Just on the loser end of it. That guy's a fucking dirtbag. That guy's a dirtbag, man. You know why? You know. You know why I don't like it? Because when he wins, he's he's dancing in front of Milan. I don't like it. I don't. I don't care. It's your rival. I don't care that Milan's your rival. Even Phil's Roma, I don't like it. You don't dance in front of a team, man. I'm sorry. That's just like, you. What are you? Five years old, man. You. Yeah, you celebrate the way Lazio celebrated when they beat Roma. They stood as a line behind Inzaghi, and and that's how you celebrate. You celebrate as a team. You don't go disrespect the team and start dancing like a, a chooch. Like it's not like you won. He's dancing as if he won the Champions League or something. Like get the fuck out of here. What, you, bro, what do you bro, expect, bro? The guy hasn't won nothing with Atalanta. Yeah, okay. He's provided a a beautiful brand of football for Atalanta. What have they achieved though? Have they won anything in his Maybe time? Milan. Oh fuck, that's true. But, Maybe uh, Lazio. But these are accomplishments. Here's I, I want to talk about. Well, hold on. You guys. He almost beat PSG last year. Yeah. He almost did. Could have. Would have. Almost, almost is not good enough, man. You yeah, got to there. They would have won. And, and, don't worry. He can laugh all he wants. Hold on. He can laugh all he wants about Lazio not winning in the last eight meetings, but the most important meeting was one when it was a Coppa Italia final. So at the end of the day, Inzaghi won when he had to win. 
That's that's the difference here. You can win every game you want, but if you can't win where it counts the most, you're useless to me. So that's all I can. Uh, uh, that's all I can say about Nzagi has the upper hand. He, uh, and in the back of his head, he's like, "Oh, I have this shiny Copa Italia home. What do you have, you bag of shit?" But <laughs> but ninety um, minutes against PSG. That's what he has. But uh, yeah, so we have ninety minutes against Bayern Munich coming up. Don't worry. Anyways, uh, that'll be fun. <laughs> it will be fun, actually. Never mind. But <laughs> I want to. I want to touch. Hold on. You guys said Napoli fourth. The thing that scares me about Napoli. I just want to get this off my chest. Is that if Gattuso, if uh, Gattuso doesn't learn how to rotate his squad, they're 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 not going to finish in a top six spot. He's killing players, man. Dries Mertens has to go back now to Belgium. He I'm not sure if you saw Sharma. He's got an injury. It's it's uh, he's hurt again. Yep. And um, I'm telling you guys the the thing that's scary about Napoli, and I think Gattuso is a good coach. I I think that he's learning the tactics. He's understanding how to become a better manager, all that. The players love him. I agree with you. There's no there's no hostility in the change room. That's not the issue. The issue is, is that this guy needs to learn how to rest. In, look, he used Insigne again today. He used Insigne on Thursday. He's going to use Insigne again on Wednesday against Atalanta. Like, Lozano has played like 11 games in a row. Uh, Koulibaly plays every game. Manolis plays every game. That guy's probably hurt because I think he was hurt on Thursday and he was limping. But these guys are playing through injuries. Um... Ossiman, he's gonna he's gonna kill Ossiman because he doesn't know how to manage him right and how to bring him slowly into the lineup. And that's what scares me about Napoli. I've said this to Joe on Forza Napoli podcast is that I think if you have the depth, okay, hold on. Napoli is quoted they bought all these players, they got good depth, and they got the players to come off the bench. So why aren't they using them properly? Why aren't they calling the players off the bench if they have depth? I hate when people say we have depth and you're using the same eleven game in and game out. They have the wrong kind of depth, in my opinion. Because look at who they bought. They bought Petania. They bought um, Osiman, and uh, who else? The fuck? They they brought Politano. They brought um, uh, perfect Politano. Why is he? Sub- why, doesn't he why doesn't he rotate with Lozano? Why? Yeah, I, I agree. No, but to my point, they don't. They need. Um, they need outside backs. That's been their biggest liability for the past yeah. two years. Left side sucks. Um, that other guy, Gulam, got injured too many times. Di Lorenzo sucks. They need wing backs. You know, they Lorenzo? Wing backs. I think Di Lorenzo's well, been really Lorenzo. good for Napoli. I think Di Lorenzo's great, man. What about you, think Sharma? Not, I, I think Di Lorenzo's a good player, man. Uh, he, yeah, he's he he could actually. Yeah. He's overplayed, man. The guy hasn't yeah, had a game was, off yet. He was fighting for uh, a starting spot for the national team of uh, Florenzi. He's been he, <laughs> he's been solid. He, he's one of those low key players that you don't. Um, he's like an unsung hero. He's not gonna steal the show, but he won't make any mistakes. He's not a liability defensively. And Napoli fans hate him, and he's pretty good going offensively, in really? my opinion. I don't, I don't, I don't watch Napoli all the time. Bring him. I, I, I watch him at Lazio. I'll take him at Lazio. I Take like him. him. I, I watch. I, like I watch him. a lot of Napoli. And today he was all right, but uh, I like him. He's he's just not it for them. If you want to pl- if you want to play at that next level, he's going to kill you. And the last thing is Atalanta. They showed today that they don't have depth. If if everyone says they have a quality bench and they have the players who they can call off the bench, they were missing two key players today. Uh, really, three, I think. Yeah. But it doesn't matter if you're missing. Okay, so they're missing two players. But if they're so good and they can compete every game, I think that this team has a good starting eleven. After that, that's where they tail down. And, and well, 
that's well, just Gasparini my sent Gasparini sent a lot of players back, which he didn't like on loan. He sent um Di Paoli to a Benevento, he sent Piccini back to La Liga. Uh Moica, I don't know whatever happened to Moica, the, the wing back from La Liga. And haven't heard of him in a while. Um, so yeah, you're right. But he's he's sending all the players he doesn't like back um for various reasons. Uh, so I like to hear what what Sharma I, I like Sharma's the stack guy, so I just want to hear him because like I haven't got shots on Atalanta. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I wanted to wrap it up on that note anyway, because I gotta go and uh, I gotta go hit up my Manscaped uh, products and 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 keep uh, keep the peninsula south of the equator nicely trimmed. So a huge a huge thanks again to Manscaped for hopping aboard, the newest sponsor here of the Calcio Connection podcast. And I'm gonna put the uh, the banner up there for those watching on YouTube, and I'll I'll read it out for those who are not. Uh, if you go to manscaped.com and acquire your your kit, including the Lawnmower 3.0, which is it's more revolutionary than some of the equipment we have in space. Like the space shuttles that NASA sends into orbit have nothing on this technology. Go to manscaped.com. You can get 20 percent off of your order and free chi- shipping by entering our code at checkout. Twenty percent off and free shipping with our code Calcho. C-A-L-C-I-O, enter that code, and we have your hookup. 20% off and free shipping. Huge thanks to everyone who joined us. Natale Frangione, Mario Galliano, at Mario Sweatshirt, uh, Uncle Sharma. Now, Mario's got his Twitter account on there. Let me ask uh, Sharma, you first. Wh- where can people find you on social media and, of course, your great YouTube channel? Uh, at our Shams with two Zs. And, uh, yeah, just type in Uncle Sharma on YouTube. Hopefully, I pop up no other Indian uncles. <laughs> and of course, uh, Mario, Mario at Mario Sweatshirt at Inter Worldwide. Uh, anything else you have going on, Mario? You want to promote? Um, that's really it. I'm just doing some podcasting with uh, Inter Worldwide every now and then. Me and uh, Christian and Anthony chopping it up. Uh, definitely a fun time. If you want to come check that out, um, you know, I, I've been having this problem. I got this razor right, and it keeps cutting my balls. I'm telling you, bro. Twenty percent off. 20% and off. Looking good right now. Manscaped FC. Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. I'm about to hop on that. Well, what about you, Nat? Anything you want to promote and where can people find you? Um, not, <laughs> Nothing to promote. I'm not a writer. I'm just a general fan of the game. And uh, my Twitter my, my Twitter just for um, – I don't have nothing to promote at all, actually. So, so we'll still thank follow, you. follow him at uh, Franjone Natale. Give it to me so I can follow you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> What about you, Jerry? Of course, at Jay Mancini eight, you, you pump out like a hundred articles a day. Even though you always tell me he always, I'm cutting down. I write too much. I don't have enough free time. He'll tell me that every week, and then within three minutes of him telling me I'm cutting down on the writing, I get like seven links in my inbox of stories that he's written. It's 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 wild. So what do you have? Uh, what do you have coming out this week? I don't know. I got like ten articles. I write like ten or fifteen articles, and I let them rot in my freaking in my hard drive just for fun. I write, but I'm gonna I'll be writing up on the uh, Lazio game. That's what I'll be doing today. So. Love it. So at uh, J Mancini eight on Twitter, and you guys can follow me at Alex Dono. Dono spelled D O N N O. Um, I, I I gave up uh, writing because I'm too lazy because I'm I'm doing audio and video uh, pretty much all day uh, weekdays on SideRadio.com from three to six p.m. Eastern, and then of course the Calcio Connection stuff as well. So huge thanks to everyone: Sharma, Jerry, Nat, Mario. We will talk to you guys next time on another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. Ciao.
Bye-bye. Yep, ciao.